This is Exposure on Impact 89FM. WDBL East Lansing. The show that lets you know about everything that goes on at the MSU campus that you otherwise might not know about. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. We're your hosts, Megan Samp and Tessa Gresh. Welcome to Exposure. Hello, hello, and welcome to Exposure. You are listening to Season 14. I'm your host, Tessa Kresh. Joining me today is the MSU Fencing Club, a university-recognized athletic club dedicated to learning, teaching, and competing in the sport of fencing. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Good of to be course. here. For starters, could you guys introduce yourselves and tell me your connection with the MSU Fencing Club? Uh, yes, I'm Brendan Amin. I am the club's vice president and the armorer. I'm Lakeisha Novis. I am the club's fundraiser. And my name's Bella Pilon, and I'm the secretary. I want to start us off with an icebreaker question. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? I've always heard that I would be a sloth. Um, I, I get that a lot, actually, that I look like one, and I have <laughs> the same vibe. So I would say probably a sloth. I feel like I would probably be like a monkey or something, something that like is super energetic sometimes, but then is also like sometimes I will just sit and stare and do nothing. <laughs> I think I would be almost a house cat, if only because it's the combination of the sometimes calmness, sometimes extreme neuroses that uh, just permutes my life. And for the listeners who might not know about what fencing is, could you guys explain the sport to me? Fencing is an Olympic sport. It has been an Olympic sport for as long as there have been modern Olympics in 1896. There are really three main varieties of fencing. So you have foil, saber, and epee. And funnily enough, uh, all three of us, there is someone who has at least done each of them for a significant amount of time in the club. It's a mostly individual sport, but we do have teams. And it's not so much that you are fencing at the same time as someone else on your team, but rather that you are supporting each other in individual bouts with someone else. There's a lot of differences between the three different weapons that we have in our club, foil, epee, and saber. Epee is uh, the one that I primarily fence, and that is a stabbing weapon. So you need to uh, compress the button at the end of the blade to get a point. Compress the button, what does that mean? Uh, just like press it down. It's kind of similar to an eraser on a mechanical pencil in that pressing down and it'll pop back up. And you need to do that onto the other person, the other fencer, to get a touch. One thing that I really like about Epe is that the whole entire body is the target area, which is different than foil and saber. Yeah, like in foil and saber, they have like these electric lames which um, their blades use to like determine um, whether a touch is on target or not. Um, whereas in epee, you don't need to have the lame, you just have the button. So um, yeah, I am also an epeeist. Yeah, I think what I really like about it is just you kind of have, you have so much freedom in epee that you really have to strategize on how you're going to fence. And so the MSU Fencing Club offers all of these different, what are they, styles? Uh, disciplines, maybe, or forms, yes. Uh, so we have all three. I myself am a, am a saber, but you will find, I would say, at least 10 to 15 people in each squad pretty consistently. We do offer all three. People can fence all three if they wish, but typically people uh, will, after staying for about a week or so, will st start specializing in one or the other. Typically, saber is something that pulls a lot of new people because it's very fast-paced. But Epe is, as much as it sometimes makes me upset that I have to admit it, it is a lot of fun. It requires a kind of strategic thinking that a lot of the other blades in, in fencing don't really have. And it really does make you 
concentrate and think about what you're doing, where Saber is really about decisiveness and athleticism of like, you want to know what you're doing before you start doing it and stick with your plan. And FOIL is a very nice mixture of both, where it teaches both skills in different amounts for different situations. And I think all three have like a benefit in teaching a mixture of patience and decisiveness and just general life where like these really build, um, you know, confidence that I have to make a plan and then go through with it. But I also have to always be observing what someone is doing and be willing to compensate for that. So this is clearly a very unique sport. I don't feel like a lot of people think of it when they name off the sports. How did you guys get involved in it? Uh, my story is actually kind of funny how I found the club. I was going to class one day and I saw a poster on the wall and it said that there was a Lonely Hearts fundraiser for people who did not have any plans on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I actually couldn't go that day, but I didn't end up I did end up going the next day and people were super inviting and welcoming and I thought it would just be really funny to try and I ended up having a lot of fun on my first day and went back pretty consistently after that. And you don't need you don't need any experience before joining. No, I actually had no experience. I really didn't even know what fencing was before I joined. Um, for me personally, I kind of had seen fencing. Um, I'd like seen a couple videos of it while I was in high school. But my area didn't didn't really have a lot of fencing opportunities around it. So I wasn't really able to like get into it. And then I was going around at participation, um, which is basically where you get to like see all the clubs. And I saw the fencing club and I went up and I talked to them and I was like, hey, these people are really cool. So then I showed up to the practice and they were super inviting and I got to try like the different disciplines. And yeah, so I just ended up kind of sticking with it because I thought that everybody was super cool and it was really fun. So I fenced for a little bit in middle school, uh, not for very long, but uh, I stopped kind of just it was expensive and time consuming. So I didn't really do it much. But um, by the time I came back to college, or by the time I came to college, uh, I had a classmate in one of my classes my freshman year who was fencing uh, with the team. And they talked me into showing up for a practice and told me that we do have a team and that we do allow new people to join. And I showed up one day and decided this would be what I would do for the rest of my college experience. And now this is all of my free time. So <laughs> it's a little bit, you know, I'm very happy. But I also sometimes think how many more um, hours of video games I could have been playing if I was not, you know, convinced to go. And I think one of the big draws is that you really don't need any experience. You don't need to know anything about the club. You can come in with, you know, a pair of tennis shoes and join us. There weren't a lot of barriers that I felt like were in place in other sports. Even I am sports, it did feel like a little daunting to get into, but fencing was super easy. Would you say most people didn't have experience walking in? Um, we had a bit of a variety, but I would say a vast majority um, didn't really have much experience beforehand. What's really nice about the club is that you get you get the choice to like try all three disciplines um, and you can kind of like alternate between them until you pick your primary discipline. But even then you get to like practice with the other with the other ones and that's just really fun. Yeah. I'm curious. When I think of fencing, I'm seeing a lot of equipment and like gear. Oh yeah. Is this <laughs> something that people need to purchase? Uh it is not. So I am the club armor as well as the vice president. And in that role, uh what I do is I will um loan out gear to people. So once they have paid their club dues, they are able to borrow gear for the rest of the semester and actually for the rest of the year if they decide to stick with it. And that allows us to um, take people from all backgrounds and all situations and um, teach them fencing and get them into the sport. We do have ways of um, helping people 
get things for reasonable costs because we have partnerships kind of or at least understandings with um distributors in the united states but it is a lot it is quite a bit of gear it is quite daunting if you don't have programs the way we do which is actually somewhat rare uh both for club fencing and for especially uh non uh collegiate club fencing to have programs like what we have where we supply everything someone needs as long as they become a member of the club. And I understand that it's a combat sport. Does it ever get dangerous? How do you ensure the safety of of the members? So we have a lot of requirements um, as for what different gear you need to be wearing. Like we have chest protectors for the woman to protect the chest. We have plasterons, which basically go under your jacket um, that kind of like help to ease whatever blow you might get. We have the jackets, which are pretty thick. Um, and that really helps to also like minimize the impact. Um, and then we also have masks, which have also this little bib. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's basically called a bib. Um, and that like protects your neck, and it just like so you're basically covered. Um, like your entire body is covered except for your offhand, which is the hand that you're not fencing with. But I mean, you you always have that out of the way. So <laughs> and I think it does sound scarier than it actually is. Um. Really, a majority of fencing, there is no contact between the two fencers. And when there is contact, normally that will be like a pause and then everyone will restart at the lines. I would say for epee and foil, you really only run the risk of getting bruised. It's not really as big of a problem in saber from what I've heard, but I even have a couple bruises on me today (laughs) from yesterday's practice. In general, most of the injuries we see are very minor and come more from the fact that it is a sport less than it being a contact sport. So, you know, pulled hamstrings, sprained ankles at most, stuff like that, where it's the matter of someone has um, landed wrong while they're moving or trips over their feet. Um, It is not impossible to be injured, but like um, Keisha pointed out, we have gear that is specially designed to protect you. And at most, the injuries that um, like I have received in my life are, as what Bell described, like minor bruising. And if the person you are fencing knows what they are doing, and this is one of the things we teach first, they are not hitting hard enough for it to hurt. Mm-hmm. Like that is something we stress really intently that it is considered very poor sportsmanship to like wail on a person. That is not seen as acceptable. So even when you are being you know, in contact with another person, it is relatively light contact. In tournaments as well, you can get cards or um, the referees might talk to you if you are doing something that's unsafe or could cause injury. And you mentioned that this club is kind of a time a time sucker. How often do you guys practice? Um, we have practice from 8 to 10, four days a week. Um, it's Monday through Thursday, but we make it pretty clear to our members that you don't have to go every day. You have to go a little bit more around like tournaments that you can get in your practice. But it's a pretty low commitment, you know, come whenever you're able to club. You stay the whole time or don't. Um, we're pretty open to having people be able to come on their own schedules. And the cool thing, too, is that you don't have to be competitive to be on the team. We have a lot of members that don't want to travel and go to competitions with us. We have people who just want to go to USFA tournaments, which is like the United the United States Fencing Association tournaments. And we have a lot of people who just go to collegiate tournaments. There's a good mix between the two. So you really get to determine how committed you want to be to the sport. And could you walk me through what a typical practice is like? I know it's a little bit different when you're approaching tournaments, but what does it usually look like? So usually we start with about, um, I'd say, 10 to 15 minutes of a mixture of jogging and other kind of um, aerobic stretching. So, you know, like knee pulls, stuff like that, moving into static stretching. So all of us are warmed up and not going to injure ourselves in any way. 
from, you know, pulling a muscle. Uh, after that, we break up into the three weapons of Saber, Foil, and Epe, and then squad captains will lead uh, warm-ups. So footwork, which is basically moving back and forth in the proper manner, and then eventually we'll get into things like reaction drills, where we are practicing our reaction time, our distancing between one another as if we were in about fencing each other, and then we eventually will get suited up into full gear, uh, practice things with blades. We obviously do not practice with blades until we are all wearing all the safety equipment. Then we will have what's called free fencing, where you basically find someone to fence with, and you do that for well, usually the last 45 to 30 minutes of practice. Yeah, and we have, after that, a little huddle where we give announcements on what the plan is for the rest of the week. Uh, make sure people are doing well, make sure everyone knows when tournaments are, what that will incur, and the like. And then we, uh, we all go home. At 10 p.m. At 10 p.m. <laughs> At 10 p.m. <laughs> and who is coaching? We have four coaches that come in from time to time, and they really like help us to um, enhance our skills a lot. They're not always at practice, so we have... Um, team captains that lead a lot of the practices but when they do come in they are really useful in helping us and giving us pointers on like what we can do better and can you talk to me a little bit about what tournament looks like yeah so there are two different types of tournaments that we will send people to there's the usfa tournaments which are more individual um we there's no requirement to go to any and you do have to pay for the membership for usfa and those ones typically you'll go just for enough time to warm up before your event, you'll run your event and then you'll leave. And typically you will have a pool, which is four to six other people that are going to fence you. And it goes to five touches. After those five touches, they'll get a seating based on of how many wins each person gets and their indicator, which is the touches you score and the touches that other people score against you. And from there, they'll place the seeding and you'll have direct elimination bouts after that. If you lose a direct elimination bout, then you'll be out and it fences all the way to first, second, third place. So for collegiate tournaments, uh, they work a little bit differently. So we go as a group. Uh, usually these are quite far away. So we end up having to stay the night before we drive down for example, on Friday of this week, we will be going to Bloomington, Indiana for Indiana University's tournament they are holding. For example, we're going to drive down on Friday afternoon into Friday night. We stay the night, usually quite early in the morning. We'll wake up. We get to the venue, which is usually a field house or a gym. We all warm up usually by squad or sometimes as a whole group. Uh, and then everyone fences their events. Uh, team tournaments work by you have three people fencing uh, for each team. Everyone fences everyone. Um, school against school. So for example, we could be fencing University of Michigan. Three men sabers from University of Michigan will fence three men sabers from Michigan State University. And then we will continue till everyone has fenced every other school that is currently in attendance. Usually there are some exceptions where we have situations where not everyone's able to fence everyone because of time constraints. But that's a typical manner. And team tournaments are not really about winning per se. It's about getting practice. It's about learning what the other people in the conference fence like. And it's about getting your requirements in for the Midwestern Regional Conference, which happens in spring. So every person who wishes to compete in the regional conference in the spring needs to have at least 12 bouts. So uh, we try and bring as many fencers as we can to team tournaments to qualify them. And a bout is one like match. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you have a tournament coming up. Who are you competing against? Um, we normally compete against a variety of schools. So obviously it's being hosted by Indiana, so they will be there. <laughs> uh, we're going to be fencing Purdue, the University of Michigan, Xavier University, 
Indiana University, Illinois. And I'm assuming you've been to several of these. Have you had any successes you want to talk about? I think the one cool thing about fencing is that there's a lot of individual successes as well as group successes. So it really depends on the tournament. For me personally, one really cool success that I had was at Ohio State University last year. I ended up beating one of their varsity fencers in a bow, and that was really cool. Um, knowing that they went to school on a scholarship for fencing and I was able to beat them Whoa. off of less than a year of experience. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and in terms of team successes, uh, in the past we have done really well at the regional and national level for fencing. I believe we've had several members at the collegiate nationals place in the top five. So that's really cool for our team. A lot of these people did come in with experience, but there have been a lot of people with uh, no experience in fencing before joining us who made it really far. For example, uh, last year at uh, regionals at uh, the Midwestern Regional Conference, all three of our women's teams placed uh, in the top three, second, third, and second, uh, between Sabre, Boyle, and Epe, which was very impressive, and we were very, very excited to see that happen. We actually were able to, um, for one of the first times in years, go to a like banquet that the uh, university here was hosting for like collegiate sports winners. So that was, it was really fun to be able to send women's foil to be able to do that. My biggest success was honestly like the exact same lines as yours. Um, this past Ohio State tournament that we just had, um, I think it was end of September. Um, I also be a, var a women's varsity fencer from Ohio State. And I was very happy about that. Um, since they are varsity fencers and I was having kind of an iffy tournament. So I feel like after I did that, that just kind of got my spirits back up and that was really awesome. Yeah, that sounds really rewarding. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the club itself. Could you guys explain briefly the history of the MSU Fencing Club? The club itself has roots that go back into the, um, really into the early 1900s and before for fencing on campus. Uh, before around the uh, late, I believe 1980s, fencing on campus here was mostly varsity. Uh, that changed mainly because varsity clubs in or varsity organizations for fencing in Michigan as a whole started to go away. There was a period of time, I believe between about 10 and 15, about, yeah, 10 and 15 years, where there was not really organized fencing on campus until really the early to mid 1990s when the CFC, the Collegiate Fencing Conference, was established, and we are one of the founding members of that conference. That's what took basically collegiate uh, club fencing across the country and really decided that like this is going to be an organization we're going to have for it. We're going to systematize it nationwide to make sure there's a standard we're all operating against, and we're going to pool money so we can have national tournaments because so many of us lost our varsity status around that time. Uh, since then, we have hosted uh, nationals, I believe, like three or four times and regionals about as many. Uh, the Midwestern Regional Conference is the one we belong to, as I talked about earlier. And that rotates between many different colleges in the uh, Midwest, depending on the year. And this year we have put place in a bid, so we hope uh, very highly that we will be able to host this year. And how would you say being a part of the MSU Fencing Club has enriched your life and your experience at MSU? I really feel like fencing has really gone deeper than just being in a sport. Um, I first joined because I thought that it was it would be like a really fun sport, um, really fun like hobby to be in. And then I didn't really expect myself to grow nearly as close to 
my teammates as I really have. They're basically like my family at this point. So it just kind of gave me a little community um, within Michigan State and I've just been kind of sticking with everybody in it. And it's been really fun and really great to be part of something bigger than myself. How many people are involved in it? Oh, we have, we have we, a lot of members. I would say we have like, we have over 70 members. That's a big family. That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. And we, we have some like, we have some alumni that come visit sometimes. Um, we have a lot of people that like, sometimes they'll come, sometimes they won't, but it's always really fun to see them whenever they come back. I believe we have 120 people on our roster right now. Not all those people come to practice all the time, but we can only have about 25 people come with us to a tournament. I have, um, really grown close to the fencing club as you know very similar to Keisha it's become like a kind of extended family I mean I have my current roommate I met through fencing uh my roommates for next year I know through fencing my girlfriend I met through fencing um that's not actually all that uncommon funnily enough on the club if only just because you are seeing people so often you build really close relationships you build friendships that last a very long time you know we have alumni who come back who haven't fenced with us since like the late 2000s, who still come back every year during alumni events to support us, who cheer us on on social media when they see we're competing. It's a thing where like the camaraderie and the closeness by just the sheer amount of hours we all spend in a car together really does create a kind of like very tight knit bond. For me, it is really cool to see that this wide variety of majors, this wide variety of people with different backgrounds all coming together and it provides a different type of community than what I see outside of fencing. All my classes have STEM majors. A lot of them do the same extracurriculars, have the same jobs, but this is a good way for me to meet other people and hear about their different life experiences. It is nice too, knowing that anyone could be in any class of mine. Pretty much, I, I don't know that I've ever had a class at MSU that I haven't found another fencer in. You guys obviously see each other a lot, but I'm wondering whether you guys organize any other kinds of events, like bonding events? Yeah, actually, just this past October, we all um, went to a corn maze together. Well, we tend to do a lot of little events like that throughout the year. I believe we have a Christmas event coming up. And even outside of events like that, we'll have organized study sessions. Or we, after practice last year, uh, would go to the Union or Landon Hall and grab dinner all together on Thursdays. So we definitely see each other outside of practice a lot as well. I kind of also wanted to kind of shine a light on, we have this cute little tradition in Epe called Epe's Giving, um, where we all contribute to this potluck. And it's just really fun because like we all play games and we watch movies and we have food. And it's just like, a, it's a really great bonding experience. And um, I know that the Saverists also have a similar. Um, yeah, we Christmas have something tradition. we call Gorbness, which is <laughs> the explanation for why it's called that is kind of long and doesn't actually make any sense. Other than there's, there's a there's a little stuffed frog that called Gorb, and we have made a holiday for him in Saber. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, so it's a kind of it's our like non-denominational winter holiday festivity. <laughs> so we have something similar. We'll get, you know, a couple Costco pizzas or something, and we'll play a Super Mario Smash Smash Bros or something. It's a lot of fun. And you'll see that like in a bunch of different seasons, we do stuff like that. Um, we have a whole group activity typically around finals during uh, fall term where we get together before everyone leaves and goes home for winter break. We do a, a sock exchange where we get um, knee high socks and those are a required part of the fencing uniform. 
in you know comedic patterns with like funny characters i gave a friend of mine um was it the, the princess bride like a nigo montoya socks which were you know a great hit and that's um, a really good idea yeah it, it works for it's a good it's a good idea for like a secret santa type thing because the price cannot get out of hand with socks like everyone knows exactly how much you're able to spend because socks only get so expensive exactly so what would you guys say is your fondest memory relating to the fencing club i know it's hard Ooh, yeah that's a <laughs> uh, i think i have one so this was uh, about a little under two years ago now we went to rhode island for the national conference which uh driving to rhode island was an experience it, i think it truly was like a spiritual experience for all of us for how bad it went at first we went with the university of michigan in their vans which was an interesting experience uh, they have creative drivers and with creative interpretations of road laws, mm. which um, was very exciting when you're in a state that you, you're not exactly sure where you are. You're like, hmm, well, this is upstate New York, so it, we're at least in the right direction. And that tournament, it honestly was almost as poorly organized as it could have been, and it still worked. And that honestly was just this experience of like, well, we all got through this together. We lived through this. We had people get injured right before we had issues of um, having to stay extra days that we didn't know we were going to be staying, uh, along with other kind of fun scenarios. But we, we got out there. We made it to New England. We did really well. We, we all fenced really hard. We had people, um, some people who are now alumni, do extremely well. And we got back alive. And I honestly think when we returned to East Lansing, like as a team, it was just like this experience, at least for me, where it was the first time I actually felt like East Lansing was home if only because it was so bad being away. <laughs> I got back and saw Grand River and went, oh, I'm not in Rhode Island anymore. Yes, I am home. That's and it was, hilarious. I think it truly was just like for the whole team, anyone who went, who went to that tournament in particular just have like, this, like these little experiences now where we always think like, ooh, wonder if that's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. For me, um, it wasn't actually a collegiate tournament. It was one of the USFA tournaments we had went to last year at about my one year mark of fencing and I was having a really off morning you know I didn't really feel really good about my fencing I thought I'd have a rough day and other fencers were hyping me up all morning really talking to me and trying to get me into that tournament mindset and cheering me on as I was actually fencing and I ended up getting third in the women's event that day for the weapon that I fence. And that was really cool seeing other people cheer for me and, you know, getting the bronze medal at the very end of the tournament was really cool. And even the drive back, I would say the drives back from all these tournaments are probably the most impactful part of fencing, just because I feel like that's when you really realize that this is a community you want to be in. Um, Mine isn't really about a tournament. Um, Mine's more so we have this banquet at the end of the year um, and it's really nice because a lot of people that haven't necessarily been at practice a lot all show up. So you kind of have like everybody together. Uh, we take pictures, we go out to eat. And then we also have like these little speeches and signs for the seniors who are graduating. And I think it, it was just a really heartwarming opportunity in time. That sounds so and, fun. Yeah. It sounds like such a fun group of people. If someone listening is interested in getting involved how can they find more information and get involved so we meet from as we said 8 to 10 p.m monday through thursday we're in the basement gym of im west 
uh, you are always welcome to swing by. We take new members all year round. So we actually often have people just kind of stumble in and say like, oh, we saw the signs that we have like hanging up in the uh, gym, like on the walls, and they ask if they can join us and we, you know, get them interested. Otherwise, we do have a website. It's um, just msufencing.com. It's uh, a cool website. <laughs> uh, we, it has some neat animations. I don't remember who made those, and I'm just still happy they, they're, they're working because I know we're never going to be able to replicate them quite as well if anything <laughs> goes wrong. We mainly actually use a club Discord, which we have, um, I believe, connected in the way that um, all like official uh, RSO discords are connected on this kind of like, there's MSU has like a large overarching server where it's connected to that. Uh, we have most of our announcements on there and we also just kind of talk in there like all the time. As far as like getting information for the club um, and also just connecting with people from the club in general, um, that's really our main source of communication. We do also post a lot of our victories and pictures on Instagram and our Instagram is MSU underscore fencing. Amazing. Do you guys have anything else to add? You're not really going to find any other fencing clubs like ours, I would say. It's a really unique sport. We're a really unique club, and it's a really fun opportunity. And that's it for our show. Thank you to our station manager, Delaney Rogers, general manager, Jeremy Whiting, and program director, McKenna Lowndes. And as always, thank you to you, our listeners. If you like what you've heard, come back next week. I'm Tessa Kresh. You've been listening to Exposure. Exposure. Yay! Thank you guys so much. This was this week's episode of Exposure. Keep in mind that the views and opinions discussed on Exposure are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff at Impact 89FM. If you're interested in going back and listening to our archive of stories, feel free to check out our website at impact89fm.org. And of course, if you're interested in what's going on next week, you can tune back in and we'll see you back here. You've been listening to Exposure. Exposure.